Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Learning to Sit Still podcast. Now, I don't know about you, but Christmas is my absolute favorite holiday of the year. I love driving around and seeing all the beautiful decorations, the dazzling lights in my neighborhood and the main streets of my town. And I enjoy sitting in front of my Christmas tree with the soft glow of the lights surrounding me and maybe enjoying a Hallmark movie or two. It is absolutely perfect and the perfect time to reflect on the Christmas story. And that is what I want to talk about today, but through the eyes of the ones considered the outcasts of the village. These people will have a lot to teach us, and I'm excited to kind of unpack their story. Some time ago, I came across this statement, quote, God delighted in taking the least, the lost, and the last, and using them, unquote. I found this statement so good, because often, in fact, most times, God's ways are not our ways. We may scratch our heads and wonder, why did he choose to use that person? Yet, how many times... Have his plans been carried out by people we would not have chosen? My mind goes to people like Rahab, a prostitute who was used to to hide the two spies, or Judah, who was a man who made many faulty decisions, yet God still used him to be the line where the Messiah would come from. Let's be honest. As humans, we naturally tend to look for those who stand out, who look good and seem important, but we also know that looks can be deceiving. Think back to when Israel wanted a king. And they thought Saul was the perfect fit because he was so tall. I mean, in some ways, it seems kind of silly that they would choose somebody according to height, but that's what we do. And in the end, they would see that they were wrong. If the birth of Christ's announcement had been left to us, we would have looked for someone we believed to be worthy, but not God. He chose the last and the least. They were not important in the sight of those in the small town of Bethlehem. In fact, they would probably not have even been invited to any of the local festivities. These were the last and the least in everyone's mind. These shepherds kept watch over sheep, which means they had an unpleasant odor about them and due to their work may have even been considered unclean at times. They were definitely not on anyone's guest list for Christmas dinner. Yet God chose this group of humble shepherds who were abiding in a field, keeping watch over their flock by night, to be the very first recipients of the best glad tidings ever to be delivered to earth. Think about what that must have been like for them. They were doing what they always did, watching over a flock of noisy, needy, and smelly sheep throughout the long and maybe even chilly night. Maybe some commented how boring their job was and how they wished something exciting would happen. Remember, never wish for things like because often they'll happen. And I am sure that they were more than surprised to suddenly be addressed by a heavenly being. Luke 2 verse 9 tells us, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. I'm sure nothing could have prepared them for that meeting, and it is no wonder they were afraid as they experienced something no one in their lifetime or village ever had. But the next words would not only calm their fears, but fill their souls with pure joy. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
That's Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. The Messiah was come. The one who would bring peace to all the earth was born in Bethlehem. Did you realize that they were given a subtle command? They were given a sign so that they would know Jesus when they found him. But this assumes that they will go. When you reread the verses, it's not an option. If you want to go and find him, this is the sign so you will know him if you choose to go. I find this interesting because we tend to read this story and just think, well, of course they would go, but put yourself in their shoes. One moment they were sitting around talking and watching sheep, and then an angel appears to them, scaring them nearly to death, delivering life-changing news that they had to act upon. And then a host of angels appear to praise the Lord. This is definitely not your average night. But Luke 2 verses 15 and 16 tell us their reaction. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. These men didn't just stand around and debate what had just happened. They didn't say, was that an angel? Was that a command? Should we go? Do you think it's worth it? Maybe we shouldn't. We have to leave our sheep and all of this stuff. They immediately wanted to act because they realized that the Lord had made known to them something very special, something that their people had been waiting hundreds of years for. Another thing that I found interesting is the fact that the shepherds were never told which manger the newborn king was laid in only that he had been wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now think about that. Of course, granted, there may not have been that many stables in town, but still, I wonder how long it took them to find the right stable and how awkward it must have been to go poking around at each stable saying, is is this it? Okay, no, that's not it. Maybe, no, not this one either. They were looking for a baby, but they didn't know exactly where to find it. That They had to take time to spend and look for that. It took determination and courage on their part to go into a town where they were considered the least and the last and search every stable to find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now, I'm pretty sure they received more than a few odd looks. Maybe that is why God entrusted them with the news first. To shepherds who were used to searching, because think about that. I'm pretty confident that these men spent hours scouring the hills for lost sheep. I mean, let's be honest, sheep get lost all the time. They have a sense of wandering, which is why we're compared to sheep. We wander all the time. So these men were used to searching. It was not something foreign to them. So really, if you think about all these places they had to look for sheep, what was a little town compared to that? They were relentless in their quest for the babe whom the angel had told them about, and their endeavor was not in vain. In the end, they found Mary and Joseph and the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Their dedication to searching is kind of convicting for my own heart. Do I look for God the same way they looked for Christ? We are told that when we search, we will find. But I'm afraid that we sometimes quit too soon. We lack the determination required to find what we need. In Jeremiah 29, 13, we're told, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. These shepherds spent the entire night searching for baby Jesus, and they found him. How much do we search for our God to know him? Do we search with all of our hearts? He promises that he can be found when you search. He wants us to find him, just like he wanted those shepherds to find the Messiah. But 
it required that they look. The manger was not next door. They had to go into town. They had to leave their flock unattended and spend the time needed to find Jesus. Can I ask if we are willing to learn from these humble laymen? Are we willing to look for Jesus, to spend the time to look for him, to invest ourselves in searching for our God? Because he promises if we look for him, we will find him. This is not a quest that's in vain. We will find our Lord. And for the shepherds, it did not stop there. When they saw with their eyes the newborn babe, their hearts could not contain the joy inside. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. That's Luke 2 verses 17 through 18. Everyone in town, whether they wanted to or not, heard the news that had been told to them by the shepherds. They made sure to tell their glad tidings to all. No wonder the people of this little village wondered or marveled at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. These were not men of prestige or importance. When they spoke, people didn't listen. They didn't stop what they were doing and say, oh, 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 hush, hush, hush. There's an important thing coming from this person. They're going to get ready to speak. No, they were people on the nobody list, the ones considered unclean and of little worth, but not to God. I think that is what I love most about the story of these shepherds. That's why maybe even I connect with them because most of us consider ourselves a nobody. Their story emphasizes the fact that God's not interested in our background or our upbringing. What he does want is a willing heart that will do his bidding. These men did not hesitate to follow after God. They did not stop to think about what people would say about them or think about them. They didn't care. They merely acted upon what they had been given and shared the good news with everyone they knew. I want to be like these shepherds who make people marvel at the news, the good news that I share with them. As humans, it's so easy to get wrapped up in what others think of us and even have certain things given special attention. Let's face it, if if the place and proclamation of Jesus' birth would have been left to us, it probably would have had much more um, fanfare, publicity, honor, but instead, Christ chose to be born in a lowly manger, surrounded by farm animals, and visited by simple shepherds. It was not a king or a noble person who was given the glorious message of the long-awaited Messiah's birth. It was these lowly shepherds sitting on a hillside. So the next time you feel unworthy of speaking the good news of Jesus Christ, or that God would never want to use someone like you to accomplish his will, remember the very first messengers of Christmas, the ones chosen specifically by God, to spread good tidings of great joy to all people, were shepherds. Yes, God wants to use you. All that's required is a willing heart. May we follow in the steps of these shepherds of Bethlehem, whose response to God's message are still spoken of hundreds of years later. And that's it for today's episode. Please know that you are special to God. The whole reason we celebrate Christmas is to remember why Jesus was born. He came to save all who would come to him, no matter their background or past. He came so that you and I could have eternal life and have a purpose on the earth now. He wants to be found by you. He wants to be known by you. And all that is needed is a willing heart that continues to search for him with all of their heart. May we share the glad tidings of this glorious season with everyone we meet. I pray you have 
an absolutely wonderful holiday celebrating the birth of our Lord. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you.